Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. This is the Joe and Amber Podcast. Happy opening day, America. This is Joe and Amber on ESPN Radio. All you have to do is tell your smart speakers to play ESPN Radio. It is that simple. At Joe Fortenbaugh, that's how you find him on Twitter. At Amber W Sports, that's how you find me across social media platforms. Joe and Amber is presented by Progressive Insurance. Save when you bundle motorcycle, RV, and boat insurance. Visit Progressive.com. It was opening day today in Major League Baseball. New York Yankees fans did not have to wait long for reigning American League MVP Aaron Judge's first home run of this season. Joe, this is what it sounded like. That one's driven to center field and deep. Yastrzemski back, still back, on the track, at the wall. See ya! He picks up where he left off. A home run for Judge. one nothing Yanks. That call courtesy of Yes Network. What a way. What a way to start things off for the New York Yankees. His first at-bat, Joe. That's how you get it done. Do it in the playoffs. How about that? (laughs) That's your comment for opening day. Do it in the playoffs. We know Judge is going to hit a lot of home runs. He's incredible. We know the Yanks are going to win a lot of games. They're incredible. Do it in the playoffs. I'm not a Yankee fan. I'm not even a Yankee hater. I'd like someone to take out Houston. Tired of the Houston Astros. The Yanks are supposed to be prime candidates to get that job done. So do it in the playoffs. Now, a little bit of that's tongue-in-cheek. Tremendous start today. I'll say the focus is on the judge home run because obviously we all dig the long ball. But Garrett Cole was absolutely sensational today. He goes six strong on opening day, which in this day and age of babying pitchers, six full innings is a hell of a start on opening day. Three hits, no earned runs allowed. He whiffs 11 batters for the Giants. One of four teams that so far was shut out on opening day. All of them were dogs except Milwaukee, who somehow stumbled in against the Cubs and got shut out against Chicago. So opening day's off and running. The Yanks, obviously, a top story. But some of these rule changes as well have been pretty interesting, don't you think? Yes, I think the rules changes have making an appearance this early and certainly making an impact this early. So that Yankees game, the Yankees beat the Giants in two hours and 33 minutes. By comparison, in last year's opening day, an 11 winning win over the Red Sox took three hours and 56 minutes. So That's casual the against game, the Red Sox. That's a yes. casual Red Sox game. Normally they go about five. So this this has sped up the game and then some. And that really, I think, is the impact here is the pitch clock. And you saw it all over the place. The first pitch clock violation of the Major League Baseball regular season uh, is owned by Marcus Stroman, uh, who was committed by Cubs starter Marcus Stroman in the third inning against the Brewers. So there you have it. He kicked things off. But this pitch clock is working. It is speeding up the game, Joe. Here's Rob Manfred, the Major League Baseball commissioner on Bally Sports Southwest, addressing the pitch clock. 
In terms of, you know, high leverage situations, this is something that in my conversations with players they've raised. We're going to pay attention to what the ninth inning looks like. We're going to think about it after we have a real body of games to examine. And, you know, on all these things that are around the edges of the clock, we don't have our feet in stone. We're really lit, trying to listen to the players, listen to the field managers, get input, and we'll make adjustments where we have to. So there you have it. He will make adjustments where he has to. It's not an exact science. It's not set in stone. If they need to tweak it, they'll tweak it. I applaud Major League Baseball, though, for making changes. It's not a sport that we think of as a sport that likes to change. Typically, it bulks at change. It's a 147-year-old sport. And here we have them in 2023 making some necessary changes, and it's working. These games were fast today. Yeah, big round of applause to the Giants as well for only racking up four hits over nine innings. That'll help you get in and out of the ballpark in record time. I'm telling you right now, I think the best there's two there's two rule changes that are going to have a really big impact that I think the fans are going to like. I'm against one, I'm for the other. I'm against the, the 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 no more defensive shift. I think if if baseball was clever enough to learn how to reposition its defensive players in a more efficient way, you shouldn't be punished for that. But because the shift was taking runs off the board and leading to more outs, obviously mm-hmm. people want to see more scoring, no more defensive shift. So there you go to all the pull hitters out there in the world, like Joey Gallo and Kyle Schwarber. Congratulations. You don't have to deal with that anymore. Not happy about that one. Overs are already six and four, though, through the first 10 games. So keep that in mind. Number two, and I love this one, the disengagement rule, which is going to lead to more steals. All right. For those who aren't aware, a pitcher is only allowed to disengage two times, meaning you can throw over to first for a runner who looks like he's going to steal. You can throw over two times. You can't do it a third, though. So the runner, after seeing it happen two times, two disengagements, which Mm -hmm. could be stepping off the mound or someone on defense calling timeout, these are all disengagements. They reset with each at bat, but once you have two, you can't throw over to first anymore. Ronald Acuna of the Braves noticed this very early in the matchup against Washington, took a monster lead, and immediately stole second base. And he held up two fingers, too, to re- yes. right? As a reminder, like, yeah, I he saw you do it twice. It. He recognized yes. it. He was looking to the he was looking to the third base coach. He wanted confirmation. Mm-hmm. He took off. I love the fact that steals are coming back. Steals were not deemed to be an efficient use of your time and energy in the new sabermetrics era of baseball. Finding a way to bring back the steal, I think, is very good for the sport. When you make changes, not everyone's going to be satisfied. A lot of people feel like about the shift rule the same way that you feel about it. I understand what baseball's doing, right? You need the hitting. You need the offense. You need the product to be good. You need the product to be fun. And that's really what this is about, is making the product better at every turn for the consumer. I'd say overall, they're doing a good job doing that. Again, in a sport that is so resistant to change. So I applaud any effort here to improve things. And I... It seems like, at least in some ways, things are certainly improving for baseball. It's it's day one. It's day one. It is early. But so far, the new rules changes are certainly having an impact. Joe and Amber on ESPN Radio. Amber Wilson and Joe Fortenbaugh. Coming up next, we have a matchup between the top two teams in the NBA tonight. We're going to get into it. Joe and Amber's on ESPN Radio. You can also listen to ESPN Radio on the ESPN app. Joe and Amber, the podcast.
Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21-plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. What, what, am, I not, what am I not getting? What do, you, what do you think you're missing? Oh, something <laughs> wrestling related. There you go. Oh, goodness. Are you just going to let it hang? I I know it's WrestleMania. I've heard it's WrestleMania, just a timer 3000, you know, Nick Khan, the president of WWE was on first take this morning. So it's almost like you can't sit here and (laughs) pretend like you don't want to talk about it when the network is very clearly pushing the greatest (laughs) spectacle on earth. When WrestleMania is actually on ESPN, then I'll go full company girl and oh you will God, see me imagine. just take it up. I will just, it my analysis amazing. will be on imagine point. we got those rights. Uh, and we had imagine. a radio row. <laughs> Amber had to wear the t-shirt to do If we interviews. got those rights, you're making an assumption that ESPN ever went after those rights. Like oh those were gosh. rights that they coveted and wanted so badly and that they just couldn't get it. ESPN, the worldwide leader, just couldn't get it done for WrestleMania. We at Daily Wager will move aside to accommodate Monday Night Raw. We at Daily Wager will move. Now, I don't speak for everyone, obviously, because there's a lot of people that are going to be upset I said that. But regardless... We would step aside from an Eddie Hall. <laughs> oh goodness! Uh, I don't know. I don't know how you guys got wrestling into the show in segment two. Joe and Amber on ESPN Radio. You can find him on social at Joe Fortenbaugh. You can find me as well at Amber W Sports. There's a huge matchup in the NBA tonight. Before we get into it, though, Joe's going to try to earn you a little bit of money. Let's do it. Pizza money alert! Pizza, pizza. Get out the SPF 50 because we're hot this week, ladies and gentlemen. So hot, so hot right now, much like Hansel. Tuesday was our last show. We were 2-0 and plus two units. Overall, 59 wins, 59 losses, you might say. Eh. But unit-wise, we're up 9.1 units. This is a profitable show. How many radio shows out there can tell you that? Probably none. This one can. So here's your first pizza money. We're going to give you a bunch throughout the show. This is the only one happening tonight. 10, 10 p.m. Eastern, Major League Baseball, our first baseball pizza money of the year. It's the Mariners. It's the Indi- er, Guardians, excuse me, 
Cleveland Guardians. We're going to play <laughs> under six and a half runs, minus 110. Two righties, Shane Bieber and Luis Castillo take the mound. Castillo at home last year, incendiary. Four and one with a 2.69 ERA. Opponents only hit 199 off him when he was pitching at home. Bieber's one of those weirdo pitchers where he pitches better on the road than he does at home. Last year on the road, he's eight and three with a 2.65 ERA. They're pitching in Seattle, which is typically pitcher-friendly rather than hitter-friendly. Pizza Money number one, Mariners, Guardians under six and a half total runs. So tonight we get a big one in the NBA. Yes. The two best teams, and not just the Eastern Conference, the two best teams in the NBA, right? I mean, I think that most people would say that at this point. The East seems a lot stronger than the West. So certainly the two best teams sitting there on the top of the strongest conference face off tonight in the Milwaukee Bucks and the Boston Celtics. The Celtics are on the road in this one. It is a showdown uh, of two teams that a lot of people could see winding up in an NBA Finals. They'll have to get through each other most likely in order to get there. So this is a little taste of what could be to come in the postseason. When these two teams matched up in the postseason last season, the Bucks were banged up. A lot of people forget that, Joe. No Chris Middleton in the postseason last season. He's back. He's in full force. This Bucks team is coming off of a win against the Pacers last night with Drew Holiday's career-high 51 points. Giannis Antetokounmpo had a 38-point triple-double last night. The Greek freak is a-rolling. They look as good as they've ever looked, and now Boston has to go in there and take them on. This is a fantastic matchup because, like you said, the West, eh, the playoffs could be great, but the regular season has been a lot of sloppiness and a lot of injuries. In the East, it seems like a three-team race. I believe the Knicks and the Cavs will cause some problems for people, but ultimately, it's Milwaukee, Boston, and Philly, and in that order. Bucks are plus 300 to win the title. That's 3-1 to one on $100 bet returns, 300 in profit. You're going to look at tonight's point spread. You're going to see Milwaukee open as a 2.5-point favorite at home, and it was bet down to 2. So you might be thinking to yourself, wow. Bucks might be the better team. They're at home. I only have to lay two against the Celtics. What gives? This is a situational spot here that does not favor the Bucks. This is their fourth game in six nights, and it's the second half of a back-to-back. Meanwhile, it's just the second game in four nights for the Celtics, who were off last night. So situationally, rested legs, all that good stuff. The Celtics have the edge, which is why you have a cheap price here. But there's no way I'm betting against Milwaukee, especially not at home. They're going to get up for this game tonight. They have been playing very well late in the season. And what worries me about the future of the Celtics for this year is that they went deep into the playoffs last year, six games in the NBA Finals. They lose to the Warriors. Then they turn around and they come out blazing hot to start the season. I think they ran out of gas a little bit. I think Mm -hmm. they peaked too early and now they're stumbling to the finish line a little bit. And I wonder how much gas is left in the tank. Fantastic roster, excellent squad, great franchise. They're going to be very, very difficult to bounce in the playoffs, but I wonder how much is left in those legs, whereas Milwaukee looks like they're peaking at the right time. Yeah, well, and Milwaukee has the experience, certainly, of peaking at the right time in the past as well. The Celtics find themselves in a situation where the first half is much better than the second half of the season. A lot of people sound like Joe Fortenbaugh sounds about them. And so a huge win tonight over the Milwaukee Bucks, over that particular team, would go a long way in reversing some of that narrative. I would imagine the C's are going to be really motivated because of that. 
The Bucks are going to be really motivated as well, though, because technically the Celtics could still take the one seed. There's still an opportunity here. The Celtics would have to win this game tonight in order to do so. So the Bucks are going to be highly motivated to try to shut the door on the seas and maintain that one seed as they head into a postseason. For the Celtics, it doesn't look like they're going to drop below the two seed because of what's happened with the 76ers of late. But this is two teams battling for one seed, even though it's most likely Milwaukee that will end up with the one seed here, there's still a chance for Boston. And if there's a chance for postseason seeding and you're talking about a one seed in flux, then you're going to have both of these teams highly, highly motivated tonight beyond just the message that it would send, frankly, if either of them took care of business. Going to be tough for the Celtics. Going to be tough. They're three games back, and there's only about six games to play. Now, Milwaukee's going to play a tough spot game here, like we talked about, second half of the back-to-back. They do have the 76ers then on Sunday, but then it's the Wizards, the Bulls, home against the Grizzlies, and the Raptors. They don't need to do a whole lot to secure that one seed, and boy, is that one seed going to be valuable, because when you assess how the playoffs work in the NBA, that would mean that if you grab the one— Boston and Philly would be on the collision course for the second round of the Eastern Conference playoffs. And as of right now, you would get the winner of Cleveland and the Knicks. Now, things can certainly reshuffle between now and then. But everybody in the East has to be thrilled at the prospect of Cleveland and the Knicks having to face off in the first round. Because those are two teams that are playing very good basketball and play very tough physical basketball they're going to be a tough out so eliminating one another and what wouldn't surprise me at all to be a seven game series suddenly means Milwaukee would get to pick apart the winner of that while Boston and Philly would meet each other in the second round huge advantage to be the one seed in the Eastern Conference because if you're Philly and you have to beat Boston and Milwaukee best of luck if you're Boston and you have to beat Philly and Milwaukee best of luck but if you're Milwaukee and you only have to beat one of them that puts you in a great spot heading into a potential showdown with maybe Kevin Durant and the Suns in the NBA Finals. Well, and here's the thing with Milwaukee at home. They are excellent at home. Excellent. They're outscoring opponents by almost eight points per 100 possessions at Pfizer Forum this season. They are 30 and 7 in home games this season. Milwaukee takes care of business at home. So they want the one, and they also want to take care of business tonight. And it'll be hard for... As, as exhausted as Milwaukee might be, because you referenced the schedule there earlier, I think it'll be hard for Boston to get a win here tonight when Milwaukee has things on the line. They're not like the one seed that's got it locked up and they've got nothing left to play for. Like They have the motivation to continue to play here down the stretch. So because of that, I... I, I I'm not a betting woman, Joe, but if I was, um, I think, I think I will be by the time you're done working with me. That's true. That's true. I will be. That's for sure. Uh, I, I, but you said don't bet against Milwaukee. I wouldn't bet against Milwaukee tonight either because of just how dominant they are at home. So they've got six to play. If Milwaukee can win this game, they've got a four game lead on the Celtics with five to play. That's got to be all the motivation in the world to get this done. Because if you're up four with five to play, you basically just need to get another win somewhere and then you're done. You can rest everybody heading into the opening round of the playoffs. Again, Mm -hmm. a monstrous advantage, a monstrous advantage. If Milwaukee could close it out tonight and then find their way to the one seed. That's the team you're going to want to play. Three to one to win the NBA championship right now. I think that's a good price because once the season ends with them in the one spot, it ain't going to be three to one anymore. Uh, No, certainly would not be. I would imagine the tip off for this game 
is in about five minutes from now, theoretically speaking. So we will keep you updated on this game as it goes on here during Joe and Amber. The Milwaukee Bucks are sitting at 55 and 21 on the season. The Boston Celtics are sitting at 52 and 24 on the season. The two best records in the NBA atop the Eastern Conference, the tougher conference. Even though, by the way, I feel like we've spent most of the season talking about the Western Conference. Like there's been more drama and storylines out of the West. The Eastern Conference is by far, in terms of basketball, the better conference. But then there's teams like these two that are just taking care of business. Joe and Amber's presented to you by Progressive Insurance. Coming up next here on Joe and Amber, Joe Fortman, Amber Wilson. Today is opening day in Major League Baseball. Storylines galore. The rules changes already having an impact. It has sped things up. The Yanks game, two and a half hours, plus Aaron Judge homered in his first at-bat. We'll get into it all next. This is ESPN Radio. Joe and Amber, the podcast. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Amber Wilson and Joe Fortenbaugh here with you on Joe and Amber. You heard all the updates in the Sports Center update. It is opening day in Major League Baseball. Astros, White Sox, right now you can watch on ESPN television. Don't turn off your radio. Just keep it on silent, the TV. Still listen to Joe and Amber. <laughs> of course, it's time for the progressive Major League Baseball snapshot. And we bring in ESPN Major League Baseball analyst Xavier Scruggs. Xavier, thanks so much for joining us. Happy opening day. The Yanks game with the Giants took two and a half hours. I mean, that feels like the pitch clock having an impact. What were your thoughts on the impact of the pitch clock today? Yeah, honestly, as a former player, um, it, there's going to be adjustments, but I love the pace of play. I just think that in today's day and age, we're in 2023, everything moves extremely fast. In order for us to keep the audience's uh, attention, there just can't be that dead time. And I think we're starting to see it impact the game. We saw it in spring training. Games on average were 26, game, 26 minutes faster. Um, so I just look at Anytime you can keep people locked in on the action on the field instead of on the phone or or doing something that keeps them distracted from the game, that's a good thing all in all for baseball and and the culture that it'll bring in the future as well. One rule change I like, one I don't like. The one I don't like is banning the defensive shift. I understand it suppresses the amount of runs we're going to see, but I hate the idea of limiting innovation. Teams were innovating. They were finding ways to be better defensively, and now we've said no to that. 
don't like the fact that Major League Baseball is doing that. On the other side, I love the fact that with the disengagement rule, we're going to see more steals. I think Major League Baseball absolutely needed to bring that back. Where do you stand on those two rules? Yeah, I love the disengagement specifically just because uh, I'm all for the action in the game. I love the days in you know, the 90s and the 80s when we saw a lot of base stealers, guys taking a chance. Um, as, a, as a fan, you're on the edge of your seat knowing that a base stealer is going to try to steal, but you don't know is the catcher going to be able to get be able to throw him out? Is the pitcher going to deliver home quick enough? So I love that kind of cat and mouse game. Now, the defensive shifts, that, that was something that I was a little weary about at first as well because you do love the innovation in the game. You've seen the Rays be one of those teams that were really good at figuring out what does each hitter do when they pull the baseball and, and perfect that, right? But I like the idea now that it got to a point to where we saw guys that were hitting rockets uh, poolside that ultimately you have a, a an outfielder or infielder playing shallow outfield taking away hits that should be hits right that's what we teach hitters to do hit the ball as hard as you can where people are normally not and now we got a now we got to a certain point where we're just putting four guys on one side of the infield that's not baseball to me so I like the idea of having two players on each side of second base. Um, another thing that that does, you start to see more athleticism from a defensive standpoint, guys going and ranging to get the baseball instead of guys stagnant in one spot, hoping the ball gets hit to them. So I like the action and the pace and the pace that that moves defensively and offensively now. ESPN Major League Baseball analyst Xavier Scrugg joining us here on Joe and Amber. So Xavier, uh, Aaron Judge got off to, well, an Aaron Judge type of start, right? He picked up right where he left off. First at bat, homered 422 feet over uh, Yankees Stadium center field wall. What did you make of the statement that he made today? I mean, it's an extreme statement. I think we all look at what is Aaron Judge going to do for an encore after hitting 62 homers? And he answered that right away. I think the consistency in which we saw him do it last year can feed off into this year. That's the one thing that we'll be looking at, as well as what the protection looks like around him in this lineup. He obviously cannot do it himself, but when you look at how somebody responds after being given over $300 million and a contract and putting the C on his chest as the captain of the Yankees, you don't expect anything to change. And I think that's what he answered today, specifically off of a really good pitcher in Logan Webb, who does a great job of getting ground balls. But Aaron Judge shows you how strong he is, the ability to control the strike zone, stay in the middle of the field, hit that ball 420 to center with ease and help his team ultimately win the game. This Yankees team is going to need Aaron Judge at his best in order for, for, for them to go deep into the postseason. Wasn't so bright on the other side of the city where the New York Mets got some very troubling news about Justin Verlander scratched on opening day before his first start. It's a muscle right around the armpit area that's giving him discomfort. I'm not a doctor. I don't know the pronunciation. So I'm you just sounded like one. Right away, right around the <laughs> armpit. I mean, is this going to be another classic Mets season where all the money's been spent, the talent's there, but they just can't find a way to get to the finish line? I mean, it's honestly hard to tell that off of a couple of injuries just because this team's roster is still so stacked, especially from a pitching standpoint. Um, 
Now, the, the deal with Verlander, you obviously never want to see your ace or Cy Young pitcher, the three-time Cy Young winner, go down. But I, I like the idea that it happens early because it gives him an opportunity to still be ready during the run of this thing, right? During the grunt of when they're ultimately going to need him. They signed him for postseason. They didn't sign him for the first game of the season or the second game of the season. So ultimately, the timing of it w- will seem to work out okay as long as he comes back healthy. But I still look at the rotation is deep. You still have a really good offense. Um, they showed that today against Miami as well. Um, but ultimately, yeah, you don't want to have that happen. But if it does happen, you want to have it happen early. Right now on ESPN is the opening day broadcast of the Astros and White Sox. Carl Ravitch, Eduardo Perez, Buster Olney, and special guest Roger Clemens on the call. Alex Bregman's mic'd up for in-game conversations. We got the banner raising for the Astros. A great way to kick off the 34th season of our Major League Baseball coverage here at ESPN. Xavier Scruggs joining us here right now on Joe and Amber. So you heard me mention there the Houston Astros. Uh, Who's the biggest threat to the defending champs, Xavier? Yeah, I mean, I have to look at ultimately from a from a National League standpoint, I look at the Padres and how deep they are. That's a team that if they meet up in the World Series, you're talking about some serious power in that lineup. They brought over Xander Bogarts. Um, now they allowed, that allows them to move Hassan Kim over to second base, gold glove candidate. Cronenworth goes over to first. You have a $350 million star, Manny Machado, who was in the MVP finish, finishing last year. Juan Soto gets a full season with the Padres now. And then you talk about three-headed monster, Joe Musgrove, Blake Snell, you Darvish at the top of the rotation. The Padres team is deep in the national, from the National League standpoint. But when you look at the American League as well, it, it's not going to be easy in their own division. The Mariners are a team that looks extremely good. And remember, when they, host, when they played each other in the playoffs last year, the Mariners were not very far off from beating that Astros team. They went out and got better. They went and got Colton Wong, a gold glove second baseman. They also tra- uh, went and traded for Teoscar Hernandez, who brings 30 home run power to the middle of their order. The Mariners will be the toughest team to me to fa- that, will, uh, that will face the Astros in their own division and quite possibly knock them off this year. All right, Xavier, I want to ask you a hypothetical question. Let's say we take two incredible elite baseball players and we put them together on the same team for this season. I want to know if that team would be capable of making the playoffs. This hypothetical, the players will be, oh, I don't know. Let's call it Shoei Otani and Mike Trout. If we put those two together on the same team, do you think that team could make the playoffs? I mean, it's, you'd be hard pressed to think that this is not the biggest storyline of of all of all the year of 2023, right? The last time we could ultimately see Shohei Otani and Trout playing together, um, th- this is going to be interesting because both amazing players, right? But it shows you that two players need help, like that they need help in a lineup and in a rotation and in a bullpen. And this Angels team went out and made some moves. Now, I think what we'll see is Otani will not be traded if this team is still in the race by the trade deadline, and they will ultimately try to add more at the trade deadline and and have an opportunity to get this team to the postseason. There's more depth on this roster. Um, 
anytime you have a guy like Mike Trout and Shohei Otani on the same team, you give yourself an opportunity if other guys surrounding perform. And I think we'll see that more this year with Anthony Rendon healthy. You brought over Hunter Renfro, another 30 home run power type of guy. Um, and the defense is better. So, I mean, it's easy for me to say this team should be great because everybody says that, but I look at this team got better in multiple ways. I think that ultimately helps Shohei and and Trout get themselves to a postseason spot. I mean, this team should be great. It should be. You it's would think. As as you would think, right? You just but get we've been to the saying playoffs. that now for you. You're absolutely right. ESPN Major League Baseball analyst Xavier Scruggs. Xavier, thanks so much for stopping by. Appreciate you guys. That was brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Looking for a career path with flexibility and great pay and benefits? Go to progressive.com slash careers and apply online today. It really is remarkable, Joe. I mean, then, look, I'm not an Angels fan. I'm not an Angels hater, but I appreciate the game, and those two guys are great for the game. They don't have to win a World Series. You're so dependent on everyone else in baseball to even get there. Like, Mike Trout can only impact the game so much when he gets three to four at-bats over nine innings. But the reality is we've got to see these guys in the postseason just for the fact that it's the postseason. I don't care if they win. Just get to the playoffs. You can't just be the World Baseball Classic every four years. We right, need that exactly. moment in an actual postseason. Coming up here on Joe and Amber, do you really think Joel Embiid doesn't care about winning the MVP this season? We'll get into it. ESPN Radio is also on the ESPN app. Joe and Amber, the podcast. It's like, it's not even WrestleMania day. It's Thursday. Why are we going full wrestling today? It's a buildup. It's like Super Bowl week, right? You got two weeks to get ready for the Super Bowl. You don't get spend two weeks getting ready for WrestleMania, but it's okay to spend about four days or so. I but spend all year getting ready for WrestleMania. Uh, I don't know about you. No one's, that no may one's be surprised. A bit uh, no one's surprised right by that. <laughs> I just, I'm just wondering what I'm going to have to endure tomorrow uh, if this is what today is like. This here is our big blow Joe off because Joe isn't here tomorrow, so we're gonna we're we're gonna have some fun with it today. And Joe's yeah. not here tomorrow because he's a nerd and needs to not he needs to take off work because of WrestleMania. So there you yeah. go. I got to drive to L.A. How else am I supposed to get to L.A.? They haven't built the high-speed train yet. It's a huge lie that that's ever coming. I can't transport myself yet, so I got to drive the car. Oh, they have those lies here uh, in Florida as well. Miami and Orlando high-speed. Sure, right? Huh? Oh, it's uh, coming. It's coming. <laughs> it's coming. It's coming. Uh, let's go ahead and try to make you some money. Pizza money alert. Pizza, pizza. As Amber mentioned, not on the show tomorrow, so let's talk a little Final Four. Saturday, 8.49 p.m. Eastern. A little double dip here. I'm going to lay the five and a half with UConn. I'm also going to play under 149 and a half total points. UConn and the under. UConn's defense has been incredible in this tournament. Four games, allowing just 59 points per game. Their coaching may be even better. They've been on teams in the first half, but whatever they're doing at halftime should be studied, quantified, and bottled and sold at a premium because in the second half of these games, they're outscoring the opposition by 16 points per game. And we're not talking about cupcakes. We're talking about Gonzaga. We're talking about Arkansas. We're talking about St. Mary's. Good basketball teams. I like Miami. I do. They're a good squad, but they live in the mid-range and at the rim, and UConn ranks in the top 15 nationally defending that part of the court. Pizza money, number two and three for Thursday. UConn minus five and a half and the under, 149 and a half total points. 
They said it, but what did they really mean? What are you trying to say to us? Sound on, sound off with Joe and Amber. In the 76ers win over the Mavs last night, Joel Embiid had 25 points and nine boards. But most of the conversation about Embiid is the game that he missed a few days before that one against fellow MVP favorite Nikola Jokic and the Nuggets, of course. Missing that game could have implications on the MVP race itself, but Embiid, he says he's not concerned with any of that. I don't care if I win it or not. Um, you know, I'm just focused on trying to win the championship and whatever happens out there. If we win, great. You know, if we don't, or if I don't win anything, I don't care. We bring in our producer, James Steele, who was already kind of brought in. Yeah, that's true. Romania, uh, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah. Big night jumping in. Yeah. Uh, so, Joe, do you believe Embiid at all here that he's not worried about winning MVP? No, I don't believe that. I, I think as a competitor, you might not prioritize the individual awards, but you want to win the individual awards. That's what the work is about. It's about winning. It's about winning as a team. It's about winning individually. Who doesn't like the acknowledgement that all the hard work has paid off? And that's what the MVP is all about, especially against the guy that has kept him from getting on the first team All-NBA team for how long. Embiid can't get on that squad because he's dealing with Jokic every single year. He's a hell of a player. I know he wants it, but he's saying all the right things because the focus for the Sixers has to be on getting past the damn second round, something they have not done in this whole process era, Amber. I don't believe this at all. It's incredibly convenient that all of a sudden he doesn't care about this award when suddenly it looks like he's going to lose this award because the odds are changing and also the overall sentiment has changed. It felt like it was Jokic's award easy the first half plus of the season. Then all of a sudden the talk around Joel Embiid really, really heated up and there was this idea that Jokic shouldn't win three in a row and also that Embiid got screwed the last couple of seasons. He was the runner-up to Jokic, so let's go ahead and give Embiid one. He was playing at the tip-top of his game. Then he decided to sit out that game and now everything has changed. So it's like that run for Embiid lasted two weeks and now all of a sudden Jokic looks like the favorite again and Embiid doesn't care so yes I think Embiid massively cares but I think the timing of this is very convenient where now he's publicly saying he doesn't care because he chose to sit out a game that frankly might cost him the MVP race things have not gone well for the Mavericks since Kyrie Irving's arrival in Dallas they're nine and 14 since getting Irving last month they've lost five of their last six they've slid from fourth in the west to 11th and out of the playoff picture Kyrie was asked about the Mavs struggles after their loss to the Sixers last night I think the now, again, um, just where we are in the season and where other teams are positioned already, it, it kind of looks like a bit of a cluster thing now, to be honest with you, because we're, you know, 37 and 40, and we're trying to fight and to get into the playing game, and it's not the expectations that I think any of us had in that locker room. And, and me getting mid, um, traded this season, I didn't expect uh, to ask for a trade at that point in the season, so I wanted to finish out with Brooklyn, finish out with the season that we had going, and. Um, again, it didn't get a chance to do that. So some of the goals I had uh, previously this season had to be shifted and I had to be more than willing, which I am, to be flexible and adaptable and, and live with the results, whether we make the playoffs or not. Amber, how big of a disaster has this been? What, dude, what did he just say? I mean, that was well, so much word salad. Well, there's one thing that he said that we can't say. 
Well, how well, about the well, fact that, he that said, and that's that was the most poignant he said thing. Didn't but ask he, to be traded. Yeah, he said he said I didn't ask to be traded at that point. Yeah, you'd ask it first of all. You'd ask multiple times to be traded. Apparently, before that, yeah. he said I didn't ask to be traded at that point. Then I had to change my mindset because I was planning to finish out with Brooklyn. And I had different goals there than you have here. What are your different goals? You're trying to win a championship, Kyrie, and apparently you can't do that if you're not standing next to LeBron. This guy is the modern-day version of Terrell Owens. He's got a ton of talent, an absolute extraordinary amount of talent, but everywhere he goes, the situation deteriorates. And I like T.O. I've met T.O. I've sat with T.O. I've talked with T.O. I like him. I think he's a misunderstood guy. But the fact remains, he went from San Francisco to Philadelphia, and then things went south there, and then he went to Dallas, and then he went to Buffalo and Cincinnati. That's Kyrie Irving from Cleveland, where it was good, to Boston, to Brooklyn, to Dallas, and beyond. He is the modern-day NBA version of Terrell Owens. We just broke James's heart because I could see the next bite that I was supposed to play was a WrestleMania bite. James had me all teed up to play a WrestleMania bite, and he just had to delete it off my screen because we're up against the clock. And I could see in that moment of him deleting it, his little heartbreaking. <laughs> what what I was most what I was most looking forward to to see if you actually read what I wrote for you. That's what I I, I, I yeah. could see that there was a whole intro to it. I saw the word WrestleMania and I saw the bite today from first take from uh, regarding WrestleMania. I, and on, then I saw you delete. It, I honestly I wanted to see if you Ron Burgundy it. <laughs> and uh, that's what I'm most disappointed in. <laughs> that you worry. didn't get that we'll get moment some from it. later. Joe right, saved we'll me. Joe saved me uh, by talking as long as he did right there. Coming up next, Lamar has been tweeting up a storm. We'll get into Lamar Jackson. Joe and Amber, the podcast. <laughs> 